Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Manual. Tara Williams here with an amazing guest today. Ashley Brichter is a mom of two. She is a birth educator, doula, and founder of Birth Smarter. Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to have you here. I feel like you're a jack of all treats with all of these different certifications here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you got into this birthing space? Sure. Yeah. I started actually as a teacher and I sometimes joke that I knew I was going to be in the education world on my third birthday when I learned how to read books faced out, you know, like librarians and kindergarten teachers where everybody could look at the pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just always been so dedicated to supporting new parents. Um, my mom was a single mom for a long time. I have a lot of aunts and younger cousins. I started babysitting when I was seven or eight years old. And I thought for a long time that becoming a classroom teacher was was my only real career option. Little did I know with two entrepreneurial parents, I couldn't get away from starting my own business. And when I graduated from college, it was sort of accidental that I really fell into postpartum doula work and nannying before I could get a job working as a teacher in the school that I really wanted to be in. And I, I fell in love with working with families. So from 2011 to 2015, I collected certifications and learned more about breastfeeding and birth and childbirth education. And once I realized that I could teach parents and do a group model of one to many and really play with how people learn and what you need to know to set yourself up and your family up for the best possible start, I just, I had fallen in love with that field and knew I was on the right track. That's amazing. I think so many of us spend our high school and college and even post-college years trying to discover who we are and what we should do. And at the age of three, that is so fun. So when did you start Birth Smarter? Birth Smarter started in 2019. So we're just three years old, a little over three years old. And um, it really started because I had collected all of this information. A lot of people start working in the birth field as a doula or a birth educator after they have their kids. They have a baby and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to help other people go through this. And I was a little bit unique in realizing that I wanted to work in this space before I had my own babies. Um, and when I when I went into my first pregnancy in 2014, I thought I was a little egotistical. I thought I knew all the things and I could make the best choices. And by knowing, having really good information, making all the good choices, I was just going to, I wasn't going to suffer in the way that other people did. I was going to have a great birth and a great postpartum experience. And uh, the reality is, as you know, anybody listening who has already had a kid knows (laughs) you're not off the hook, no matter what you know. So I had a little bit of a bumpy first birth experience to say the least. And 
came out of it thinking, well, how does this make sense if what I'm teaching people is that they can set themselves up for success and I followed all my own advice and I still, it didn't go the way I wanted. Um, and when I realized after, again, continuing to teach childbirth education, that so many people were coming back to me saying, we loved you. We loved your class. You made us feel so excited about becoming parents, but my birth didn't go as planned. That was the phrase I heard again and again and again. My birth didn't go as planned. And the teacher part of me said, you know what? At some point when a first, the first group of kids, they fail a test or they don't do so well, you can look at them and you can say, you guys have to try harder. But when, when it's not working for the masses, there's something about how we're teaching that needs to change. And really Birth Smarter started when I had gone back to the drawing board and I said, I just don't want to teach childbirth. I don't want to teach expectant parents to go into this experience in the way that has been done in the past. We need to really think about it in a new way. What does Birth Smarter look like then? So Birth Smarter started in 2019 with a single class. I had been teaching a lot before Birth Smarter was coined, you know, or officially launched. So I sort of worked from 2017 to 2019 on a new curriculum. And there were a few core differences between what we do at Birth Smarter and some of the big name brands like Lamaze or Bradley Method or Hypnobirthing. So the first part is that I knew I wanted to be completely non-judgmental and unbiased towards any kind of birth. So you could come to us if you wanted an unmedicated birth and we could help you prepare, but you could also come in if you knew you were going to be induced or you knew you wanted an epidural. You could also come if you had no idea what you wanted and you just wanted to learn a little bit about the process. I also knew that I wanted to create a curriculum that incorporated both mental preparation and physical preparation. Because what happened in my own experience is that so many people prepared me for the mindfulness aspect of birth. How can you get in the right headspace? How can you be calm and present to cope with contractions? But I didn't get the physical preparation that I needed. What's my posture and my alignment have to do with the baby's positioning? How can I create a body that can sustain laboring for hours on end? What does my pelvic floor need to do to become prepared for birth? So we have a really non-judgmental approach. We have an approach that thinks about mindfulness as well as as preparing the physical body. And then the last element that makes us really different is that we put partners front and center. So this is something that we wanna make sure if you are partnered and you're going into birth with someone, they feel just as important as you are and they know very, very practical ways of supporting you throughout labor and delivery. Do you, do you have like downloadable courses or is it one-on-one? -on -one? Like, yeah. So we have classes in person in New York city, Salt Lake city, Phoenix, and oddly Edmonton, Canada. And then we have virtual classes that are live on zoom. And we have a few on-demand classes that are self-paced. Okay. That is so much fun that you have in-person classes. So was that you launched in 2019? So I'm assuming COVID interrupted that. Is that something you guys have started back up again? Or what, what does the in-person class look like? 
So we, their birth classes traditionally have been a week long series, anywhere from six to 12 weeks. And we knew that when we started, that wasn't really practical for a lot of people um, in our generation. And so we created a weekend class it's Saturday and Sunday, and you come in and it's just sort of a weekend intensive. You get all this information and you get to meet people in your community. So that was our core class when we, when we launched, and then we created shorter versions of that actually. And we supplement our expedited information with tons of online resources and just curate all of that learning journey for people. And with COVID, we always knew we wanted to have virtual options. COVID really expedited that. So we moved everything sort of overnight, like most people did in March of 2020 to being on Zoom. And Zoom is awesome because you can still have community. You can still ask questions. You can get live feedback. You can process with an instructor and you can do it from your sofa. Uh, and then throughout COVID, we filmed our on-demand childbirth education course. So we now have in-person classes in New York and Salt Lake um, and then people join virtually and watch our on-demand class from all over the country and the world, actually. That's really fun. So this has a community element to it as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. So we have chat groups for people to stay in touch throughout classes. I do office hours for people um, when they have you know, individual follow-up questions between classes, because I think one of the biggest issues when you're pregnant is you don't know where to turn for really high quality education. Um, and then what we offer is a specialty fourth trimester survival group, we call them, where um, birth parents and then we have a separate group for LGBTQ partners and a dad's group where they can come on and do a four to six week series with us and meet other people who are going through it at the same time as they are. Very, very cool. I love that. Um, and then today you were going to share some really actionable takeaways with our listeners. Do you want to jump into the first one? Yeah, absolutely. I think if somebody is pregnant, whether it's their you know first, second or third baby, the most important thing we want people to know is that they should really research and intentionally choose their birth team, meaning their midwife, their OB, their doula and their birth location. We know that those choices are the number one thing that are going to make and break how you feel about yourself when you're pregnant and how your birth and postpartum experience are going to go and making sure that you your birth wishes are in alignment with how your provider practices is really essential. Okay. And for anyone who's listening and they don't know what a doula is, or, you know, can you go into yeah. a bit more detail on what the, each of these kind of team members would be and what they do and how they're different? It's such a good question because so many people really don't know. And we have those people come to class all the time, you know, and they, they mistake uh, labor and delivery nurses with midwives, for examples, or midwives and doulas. So um, most people will start with what most people know, which is OBs. Um, OBs are trained medical professionals. And the thing about uh, obstetricians, which is really interesting, is that going through medical school in the U.S., they tend to have a particular perspective, which is to make sure that nothing is wrong, which is something we can all highly value. Um, but what happens in the US is we tend to pathologize, which is a big word to say, we tend to make people feel really scared or worried when they're pregnant, when actually most of the time being pregnant is a totally normal experience and like nothing goes wrong, you know? And so having providers who can make you feel just calm and normal and safe during pregnancy can really change how you're thinking, not just about yourself and your body, but also 
leading up to the birth experience. So that leads me to midwives. Midwives are also trained medical professionals. There's a few different ways you can become a midwife, but typically you would become a nurse and then essentially go back to a graduate school program for midwifery, where you specialize in learning about well woman care and pre and postnatal care. So midwives are trained to support someone medically throughout their pregnancy, support the labor and delivery process, and support someone postpartum. So in a lot of ways, they are identical to having an OB care for you. The only real differences are that midwives aren't going to use certain medical interventions. Like they wouldn't be the ones to do a cesarean birth. Um, But midwives, most people think about midwives when you're having a home birth, but there are midwives that practice in hospitals throughout the country. And then doulas are totally different. (laughs) Doulas are um, like me. They have no medical training. Doulas are lay people who go back and do continuing education programs to learn a lot about pregnancy and birth and postpartum experience. And we provide um, essentially coaching. We provide educational support. We provide physical support, emotional support to someone throughout their, their journey. And so any you can work with a doula privately. You go out into your community and say, hey, who, who are doulas out here? Um, and then they sort of are like a Geppetto on your shoulder, holding your hand both physically and um, metaphorically. One quick question. So doulas don't have any type of formal training. Doulas have formal training to become a doula, um, but it's not medical training. So as a doula, I'm not going to check your blood pressure. I'm not going to check your cervix. I'm not going to give you medical advice in terms of medications to take. I'm going to say things like you're doing a great job, or it sounds like you're having a hard time. Do you want my resource list? Um, Or they'll go in and, you know, they'll rub your back. They'll give you a hand massage, a foot massage. And what's interesting is I both don't want to oversell what doulas do, right? Because most people can go out and become a doula and feel really confident in that if you are a nurturing, loving, empathetic person. But I also don't want to undersell it because there's actually really amazing research to show that having a doula, which is just, you know, a non-medical professional by your side with you in labor it shortens the length of time someone is in labor. It increases their satisfaction with the birth experience. It reduces the likelihood of medical interventions, in particular cesarean births. So just having a doula by your side lowers your risk of having a cesarean and other really amazing benefits. And when people say, well, like, why, why do I just need somebody to sit with me, you know, or hold my hand? It really comes back to understanding how birth happens. And that's what we focus on so much at Birth Smarter, which is, hey, let's understand physiologically how babies get out of your body. And the reality is there's a prime hormone in birth called oxytocin. Oxytocin is your love, trust, bonding hormone. And when you're producing a lot of oxytocin, your labor can be quicker and more efficient, but you can only produce it when you're feeling calm and safe and trusting. Today's episode was brought to you by Dreamland Baby. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents use to help their baby sleep, the Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. Hi, I'm Tara Williams, host of the Mom Manual and founder of Dreamland Baby. When my son Luke was six months old, he was still waking up every hour and a half. 
I was completely exhausted, frustrated, and at my wit's end. Sound familiar? My solution to create a gently weighted sleep sack that babies can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. The award-winning doctor-approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack and Swaddle features our proprietary CoverCom technology, evenly distributed weight from your baby's shoulders to toes to help naturally reduce stress and allow your little one to feel relaxed and sleep soundly. If you're struggling to get your baby to sleep for longer stretches and go down easier, you're not alone. This product was a game changer for my son and can be for your family too. And right now we've got a special discount exclusive to mom manual listeners. Use code MOMMANUAL15 at checkout to get 15% off site-wide. Isn't it time for you to invest in rest? This reminds me of why I get epidurals. <laughs> I have four kids yeah. and I got one with each. And even one of my, um, I think it was my son, I went and they were like, you can start pushing. And I said, nope, I want the epidural. And it was such an amazing birth. I was like joking with my OBGYN and my husband and we were laughing and we were having fun. And I, my kids are, the four of them are born in five and a half years. And I think part of it is because I just had such great, easy births. Um, so tangent on the epidural, but I totally understand like when you are calm and relaxed, it's such a different environment. And it, it's almost like the wind is at your back versus you're swimming against a current. A hundred percent. And that's what we're really trying to set everyone up for is how do you have an experience that you feel good about? Right. And, it, and that can be so different. That can be a planned cesarean. That can be an unmedicated birth at home and anywhere else along the spectrum of what birth can look like. Um, and really what we want people to know is this can be something in your life that just feels so positive. Um, and for a lot of people, they go in thinking they have very limited options, right? Or you choose an epidural because you didn't know there was something else, or you don't think you can get an epidural and you're, you're, feeling judged, like you have to have an unmedicated birth. And we're really trying to bust all those myths and say, no, let's learn all of your options and then choose the thing that's right for you in the moment. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So then the next question is, okay, this sounds wonderful. Where do you find these people? Yeah. So first murder, I, I'm so lucky um, to say that we have amazing organic word of mouth growth. Um, we have spent almost nothing on advertising um, because once people take our classes, they go out and they tell their friends like, oh my gosh, this you know, blew my mind. Um, so we have grown organically so much in New York and with COVID people are posting on, you know, their Facebook groups or mom's groups or things like that, recommending our courses. Um, and then our biggest source beyond just word of mouth from our clients is, um, you know, honestly, it's companies like Dreamland Baby, like we have wonderful partners in the space um, and they have services or products and they're reaching pregnant people and they know what their clients are missing is this really high quality education and support and they're happy to send people to birth murder. So we've tried to grow in a very sort of tight knit organic way and we find that we just have clients who are so interested and dedicated in learning more about themselves, the system they're giving birth in and their relationship with their partner, that it's such a good fit when the right people find us. So beyond the actual education that you offer, do you have doulas and midwives and OBGYNs within the network of birth murder? 
Yeah, we don't, everybody who's an educator for Birth Smarter is also a doula. Some of us are actively practicing and some of us are not. So there's a chance if you take a class and you want that person to be your doula, it could happen. We have chosen for a number of different reasons not to have a doula agency, um, but we work with agencies in every community where we're teaching or we have, you know, a long list of curated resources online. And what we really like to do is think of ourselves as a triage center. So when you come in and you tell us how you're doing and what you're looking for in your pregnancy or your birth, we're then able to say, oh, we have a great therapist. We have a great PT. We have a great lactation specialist. And you might really like to go out and work with these people and make those referrals in kind. Got it. Okay. So you, you give the recommendation, but you don't actually have the agency where they could find you. Got yeah. it. Okay. And then what kind of, is it really just, like you said, somebody in your organization has worked with this doula before, or do you kind of vet them? Like what, what does that, that recommendation mean from you guys? Yeah, typically, I mean, I would say 100% of the time it's somebody that we've worked with. If we have someone new who wants to be on our referral list, we tend to wait until they, we've shared a client, right? If they send somebody our way and somebody takes a class with Birth Smarter, they can then come back and give us a review. So we do take recommendations from our community. And then we have a vetting process just in terms of our philosophy and our approach to birth and care. With OBs and midwives, it's very much, it's a collective of lived experience, right? So we're really looking for many, many, many clients to say, I've had a positive experience with this midwife or this OB at this hospital um, before they can go on our list. And unsurprisingly for some, it's, it's not a very long list, right? We're very, very careful about who we recommend people work with to make sure they're in absolutely the best hands. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Now, what if someone says, I live in, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of a small obsolete town in yeah. or just somewhere in the middle of nowhere, if you will, you know, not in a San Francisco or New York city. It, do, does your network reach far in that capacity or is it more in these bigger cities? Anywhere that we don't reach directly, we are there. There's a pretty small community online and in certain subgroups, you know, on social media, on Facebook, on things like that, where a lot of people just know each other. And so, if we don't know someone personally, we'll put the word out and say, "Hey, who do we know up in in X, Y, or Z?" For example, in Edmonton, we just have a teacher join our team from Edmonton, Canada. And I was like, of all places, who knew that Word Smarter would be teaching in person up there? Um, and she has really introduced us to a lot of wonderful wonderful peers. But part of the reason that we don't have our own network, why we just make those referrals is to say, hey, here's three people, like go out and interview them yourself. And then if you want help thinking about how to make that decision, we'll provide you with the resources to do that. But ultimately, this is your call. Like we're not going to 100% back somebody right now. Got it. No, that makes total sense. So first takeaway, find your team, think about it in advance and really just know your options, right? Yeah. And I think that's the second takeaway. The second takeaway, and sometimes it even goes before the first, is just finding really high quality education. You know, we had somebody come to class in person with me. So I was able to connect with her one-on-one, -on -one, which I, I love to do still. I do a lot of the teaching at Birth Smarter because um, as I've been doing more admin and growing a business, which I'm sure you can relate to, I'm not in touch with our clients every day and, and teaching is my, my favorite part. So she came to class and we were together for, for three weeks. And she said to me on the last class, you know, I didn't even want to be here. Like I didn't want to take a birth class because 
I don't know, it's like a waste of time and money. And I didn't know what we were going to learn. And I just thought I had to sit on the floor and breathe. And I could not imagine trying to have this baby without you helping me and giving me and my husband all of the education and perspective you gave me. So there's sort of a, a myth out there that really you need to take a birth class if you want an unmedicated birth. And I've had so many people say that to me, like, oh, my doctor told me I don't need to take a birth class because I'm planning on getting an epidural, right? Which you can relate to. And I just say, oh my gosh, there's so much more you can learn. What happens before the epidural? How can we help you think about coping and moving when you're on an epidural? I can help keep your partner like totally involved front and center. So he's not like looking on his phone or being nervous and fainting in the corner, um, thinking about how you're interacting with the medical system, thinking about what happens postpartum, uh, thinking, like I said, you know, about mindfulness and um, your mental health and your pelvic floor. So there's so much that high quality education can offer you to help set you up for a better labor and a seamless transition postpartum so that you're not hit with, oh my gosh, nobody told me, oh my gosh, nobody told me those experiences. So my oldest is 10 now and I, so I had her in 2012 and it was very much before Instagram and really even Facebook and Facebook communities. And I had moved to a new city and I just felt really, really alone. And I wasn't sure what to expect, but our hospital had the birthing class. And I feel like it was, is it mandatory to go to the class if you're going to have a baby at the hospital? It depends on your hospital. Some hospitals do ask you to attend that hospital class. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it for some reason, think it was mandatory because my husband was married previously and had three children. So for him, it was the fourth birth. And he was like, oh, I got this. Like, no problem. I'm like, you got it. Like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I, I remember him being like, eh, I don't really want to go to one of these classes. They're not super valuable. And me just dragging him along. But it was extremely valuable to me. And that was just the hospital version, free version, you know, like it was not paid. So I can't even imagine what a class like yours where it's a full weekend and, you know, the community building and just I'm sure like chatting over lunch, like all of those pieces would be invaluable. And then meeting women and men in your own cities, I'm sure is amazing. Absolutely. And even if someone is taking our class on Zoom or doing our self-paced course, you know, one of the things that we say when someone's considering the hospital-based classes, because most hospitals do offer some version of a childbirth preparation class, is that they're going to give you the basics. And it's not to be cynical, but oftentimes what they're doing is they're preparing you to be really good patients. They're telling you what to expect. Like, this is how we practice. This is what you can expect from you'll come in here, you'll go up here, you might do X, Y, or Z, and then you have a baby. So they're very helpful for someone who can be a little worried and wants to see pictures or take a tour and really, you know, put yourself at ease for, okay, I have a little bit more of a visual understanding of what I'm walking into. And so I think sometimes taking classes with Birth Smarter or other great out-of-hospital childbirth educators can really complement that program. We're doing a little bit more in terms of really helping you to think critically about um, the birth, like I said, birth physiology, the system, right? Giving birth in the United States and 2022, 2023 means a lot in terms of what's culturally expected of us, sort of what's trending in terms of coping with pain management. Mm -hmm. How can I, how can I think about breathing and 
one of the things that's so interesting to me, because I never thought I would be a birth person. I was like in this to support families and babies and early childhood education. And I'm honestly sort of grossed out by the human body. Like it's why I can never become a midwife. What happened when I started learning about childbirth is I was like, oh my gosh, every single lesson that I could teach someone about having a baby has a long lasting implication on health and wellness in your life. What you need to know about your posture and your alignment, about how you do big, deep diaphragmatic breathing, about pelvic health, about breathing and coping with stress, about communicating with your partner, about managing power dynamics in the medical system. These are lifelong skills. I never really thought about it that way. Can you, you mentioned the the posture and the pelvic, this is my tangent, but can you comment on that? Oh, absolutely. The the pelvis is a really large bony structure (laughs) that your baby has to fit out, you know, through. And some people like, I'm going to imagine if you had four relatively easy births, you had a baby that just sort of swam right through it. And that's not the case for everyone, right? What happens is that babies have to navigate through the pelvis and they have to do a rotation called the cardinal movements. And most people don't know that at all. They don't know that the baby has to rotate. They don't think that, oh, this bony pelvis has certain landmarks that the baby is going to have to navigate. And so what we talk a lot about is how you can make more space in your pelvis, how you can sort of stretch, lengthen, find room in the pelvic floor muscles um, and surrounding muscles to allow your pelvis to be very flexible. And then how your posture and alignment in pregnancy can allow the baby to get into an optimal position so they can really um, sort of like hit it like a water slide and move through without any bumps in the road. Uh, So we, we just sort of walk through the mechanics of what can happen both prenatally in labor. And then specifically we drill into the pushing phase in terms of what positions you might want to be in, how you might want to breathe and how you can really minimize damage to the pelvic floor. Oh, that is so interesting. One of the things from just doing this podcast, I've had so many just people in the birth space come on and talk about pelvic floor physical therapists. Yeah. And it's something I had never heard of. You know, as a woman and a mom, you always joke like after I have babies, you know, I can't sneeze without peeing my pants or jump or whatever, but that's all. and, And all I've been hearing about is the you know, now it's, you've done this damage and now here's how to kind of correct it. Right. Yes. This is like preventative, right? A hundred percent preventative. And, you know, I had my daughter in 2014. So we're actually in the same generation of really like the last ones to give birth without Instagram. Right. Um, And so I think so much of that is changing. It's not all good because now people are just so confused getting their information in seven second reels. And, you know, that's a lot to navigate, but I take that approach is I had some pelvic floor damage. I learned everything I needed to learn from pelvic floor specialists when I was postpartum. And I was like, I'm putting this into the childbirth education course. So it's in all of our long form education in our weekend classes, in our on-demand classes, but we also do standalone push prep courses Mm. for people who are like, I just want to know that part. I want to focus on what do I need to know about my pelvic floor? What do I need to think about pushing? And a lot of people coming to that class are having their second or thirds. They're like, all right, birth worked, but you know, I could probably do this better. And I think it's sometimes it's almost ignorance is bliss with your first because you go in and you really don't know what to expect. At least I didn't. I think probably people do now. 
but you really don't know what to expect. And then when you are having your second and third and fourth, you're like, okay, you know, I know I want the compression socks for when I fly because my feet blew up. I know I want the epidural because that was miserable without it. Right. You just know all these different things. Can you talk a little bit about you have a whole bunch of courses and some are super specific. Can you talk about like maybe one that's fun and unexpected that somebody wouldn't think they'd need to take or just something maybe other people don't offer? I think that the push prep class is actually the one to focus on for something unexpected. <laughs> you yeah. know, I just, the last push prep class I took, cause we invite partners to attend mm-hmm. and we have people standing up and feeling the bony parts of their pelvis and thinking about contracting and relaxing their pelvic floor. And it is a hundred percent awkward. It is just like, I'm going to do what in front of these other people? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. And then at the end of the course, you have people who are saying, oh my gosh, I had no idea because pelvic health as a new area of focus, it affects all bodies, right? It's not just for pregnant people. So we have male partners in class and we go on these tangents about preventing prostate cancer and about the positions you're in when you're, you know, having a bowel movement, you're going to the bathroom and people are like, this is not what I thought I was getting in a childbirth class. Like we're not just sitting here and doing our Lamont's breathing. So the push prep class is definitely the one that is very, very unique and unexpected. Um, We do have a comfort and coping workshop for people. Again, some first-time parents take that, but really second or third-time parents when they find out they're expecting and they're like, I don't need a whole birth class. I'm not going to do that again. But this is two hours where you dedicate time with your partner to practice labor positions and breathing. We go through everything that you can do when you're medicated or unmedicated. So even if you are getting an epidural, you know, what's really nice is a hand massage, a head massage, acupressure points, um, certain mantras or affirmations. So partners can stay really connected. So that our comfort and coping workshop is all hands on practice for you and your partner. And then our newborn care workshop is, is so fun and lovely online and in person. And my favorite things to lead are our postpartum support groups. And when I get a group of, you know, new dads, who want to spend six weeks with me talking about fatherhood, that's where like my heart just sings. Yeah, that's amazing. And you have new dad survival group. You have comforting touch for babies on demand, infant massage, um, using sign language with little or no, not, this is not yeah, using AI yeah. use communication. The, there's just a whole bunch of fun courses and some look shorter. And then I love that you have even meetups on here and really specific ones. So dad meetups, um, LGBTQ plus partner meetups, private classes. So you guys are, are really doing, I think some really unique stuff while, you know, there's definitely a lot of places you can find a birth class. These seem very, you know, really tailored to whatever you as a mom or a dad are really looking for. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's been really wonderful to like you said, hone in on what we think people are looking for. And, and the approach, I I think that the biggest thing I would say about birth smarter from my perspective as the person who's designed the curriculum is there are a lot of places you can go for education. And sometimes I make this comparison to like driver's ed, right? Like it's this thing, you got to learn how to drive. You got to go take this class and people sort of suffer through it. Um, not knowing that there are maybe other options. And when you come take a class with birth smarter, it is 
interesting. It is engaging. It is a fun. It is a very much worth your time and your money to say like, all right, cool. We're going to like go through this process and we want to learn something just intellectually fascinating as well as highly practical. And I, the other thing I will say, I just want to mention every time we talk about Birth Smarter is that we try to be as inclusive as possible. So that is both in terms of our language and family structure. It's in terms of how people learn, um, noticing people are coming with different learning styles, but it's also financial. So if anybody cannot afford the ticket price, the registration price on any of our classes, we have a full pay what you can program. Um, to allow for sliding scale. Well, what we say is you labor how you live. And so the takeaway really is if there are things that you want in your labor, um, and we think about this when it comes to like, I want to breathe in a certain way. I want to move in a certain way. I want to advocate for myself in a certain way. None of those are things that you can just try on in the moment. You know, we'll say like, you can't bring index cards with you and pull them out to study <laughs> when you're going through it. So anything that somebody is experimenting with, thinking through, hey, when I envision myself in birth, I want blank, that is something to start practicing as early in your pregnancy as possible. So that might mean sitting in different positions, sleeping in different positions and silly things, right? Like have a standing desk, get a big birth ball, blow it up and lean over over it. Have your partner practice with you. Practice deep breathing in the shower. Just really know that all of these things can help in your big, broad life. And the more they're in your muscle memory, the more you can lean on them when you're in birth. I could talk to you all day about this. This is a fun <laughs> topic and I love the education space and I love the community space. So I really feel like you are bringing the best of both worlds together. And I love, love, love that you are still doing stuff in person and I would love to come to one of your classes sometime. So thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Can you tell everyone all the Instagram places and social and website, all the places they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. I would just say, Tara, we would love to have you. If whether you're going to have baby number five or you just want to come no, out with us. Um, so we're very easy to find. It's www.birthsmarter.com or we're birthsmarter on Instagram. Those are our two main places. 2023 might be a TikTok year. Um, and I am easy to reach on Instagram or email. Um, folks can just email info at birthsmarter.com to get to us. Amazing. And I think you had a discount code for us. We do. We were going to offer everybody, um, let me get it right. We were going to offer everybody 20% off our on-demand childbirth education class or 20% off comforting touch for babies. If anybody wants to master infant massage, which is great for folks who have babies three weeks old to three years old. Um, and that code is just going to be the mom manual. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have an amazing day. You too.